Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm David Paul. I have to tell you, today I watched the congressional hearings, which were called on account of Hillary Clinton's emails, and they had uh, the FBI agent struck there that was taken off the case, he uh, was the person in the FBI that was in charge of the intelligence division, and he got stuck with some bad emails with a woman who he had a relationship with, a FBI lawyer, and some of the things that were in the texting were questionable. In other words, he said uh, the one thing that drew the most attention was him saying, texting that we will stop him. And he explained that to mean that the American people will not stand for Donald Trump being elected president and we, the collective, we will stop them. Now, okay, these things happen. And I think the, one of the parts I liked at least of the hearing uh, I believe his name is Connor, a uh, congressman. You know, it goes back and forth. The Republicans get a whack, and then a Democrat gets a whack. And if you watched any of these hearings, or even if you watched Stephen Colbert tonight, you saw uh, clips of this hearing that were very contentious. And, you know, we're in the realm of we've never seen this before, but it always does seem that it really can't get worse or more surprising. But, and I will come back to this, the rancor displayed today in these hearings, there were two groups, and forgive me, um, but there is an oversight and a something commission. So they had two chairmen there. And uh, Trey Gowdy was one of the chairmen. So he had a major role. And this congressman from Ohio, Jeff Jordan, who's accused of not telling on the uh, athletic doctor at Ohio State that was handling all the young athletes. It was like a joke. Dr. Feely, if you went to see the doctor, you had to drop your pants. And it reminded me of that Sandusky situation at Penn State, which caused so many people their reputation. Joe Paterno, you know, the athletic director, they all just knew about these things and did nothing. And it was quite scandalous. So here you got this uh, Jim Jeff Jordan, I don't even know what his name is, haranguing uh, 
this Peter Strzok FBI agent. And it was just, well, I hope you, you got to see it. But anyway, this Congressman Connors, he read off when it was the Democrats' turn after one contentious exchange, all the lists, uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and Rex Tillerson and all the people that have tweeted far worse things than this FBI uh, agent. They've said them or tweeted them or communicated them. So, but scandalous things. Mitt Romney called Trump a con man and people call him idiot and moron and a kindergarten mind and it's sad to see that. It's even sadder to understand what is happening. So while they're grilling this Peter Strzok, he stood his ground and, you know, they want to discredit the investigation. So they're going to scrap the whole reputation of the FBI to do it. It's it's so foreign and bizarre, especially Republicans. I, I remember today one of the commentators said that the greatest heroes in Watergate were Republicans who demanded that Nixon resign and tell him that he, he'd run out of time and was at the end of his rope. So, but there was none of that today. There was no courage for many Republican I saw and the contempt and the, it was funny, this uh, Gomer guy, he got really foul and asked Peter Strzok about his uh, smirking face and if he used that face to lie to his wife about the other woman. And this is over the line. And there was some very contentious exchanges. And then one of the congressmen, I think it was Congressman Lee or somebody, because you can't see it, but you can hear her. She asked uh, Willie Gomer or whatever the guy's name is, if he's off his meds. So you don't really see that kind of stuff, usually at a congressional hearing. And I understand that the Senate holds meetings or uh, inquiries like this too and it's very much more refined you don't even hear usually people talking over each other and the display of animus that went on today the the just the bickering the senseless fighting it just it's hard to comprehend you know there are so many problems, and this doesn't bode well for a good solution. You just hope when the time comes when Mueller is finished with his investigation that Republicans will stand up and someone will do like they did with Nixon, tell Trump, time's up. And, of course, we have an election coming in November, which could change the construction of Congress, so... There are many things that, that will happen, and I will talk more about this later. The things that could happen that are very bad remain almost to be seen. We have, I have to wait right up until the last moment because things were so fluid today, but we still have to get through 
tomorrow. You know, it's Friday the 13th. This is a fun story because we got our new kitten, Spooky Mittens, on Friday the 13th. And this is uh, about six months ago. And that's partly why she was called Spooky. But on that day, we also got this other gorgeous black cat. She had one little patch on her chest of white. And so we had two black cats on Friday the 13th. I may have mentioned that before, but uh, the little kitten just just pounces and plays so much with the bigger Harley. She was also, you know, nine months old when we got her. So she wasn't quite full grown, but she tolerates the little cat so well. And they're such great friends. And I think that teaches you, teaches me at least, that all creatures play fight and learn how to hunt and whatever is native to them. And they don't really, I mean, they can discriminate between their friends and not hurt them and play kind of rough, but never pull out the claws. Uh, the claws came out today, and you will forgive me, but it's hard to put it all into terms that can be understood. That's what WUD is about, World Unraveling Dissociative Disorder. Some of this might be funny if it wasn't so gravely serious. We have real problems. Now, I'm going to close this segment with something I saw today that gave me hope. And the more I think about it, well, it could be hopeful. It could be not. And this is the thing. Science marches on. And there is a place down in the South Pole called the Ice Cube Observatory. And it's run by the National Science Foundation and it's Amundsen-Scott Research Station down there at the South Pole. And what it is is an enormous neutrino detector. You know, these cosmic rays come, and they talk about science and how for 100 years some of these rays that have been known, uh, scientists have been puzzled about their origin, where they come from. And... What I found out was there's an enormous, this observatory, it's on a big ice sheet that's very thick, and they put all these sensors down in it, and all of it is merely to detect cosmic rays, gamma rays, neutrinos, that come through it and are collected, and then it sends off an alarm, and then there's what they call, it's called multi-messenger astrophysics. So there's all these satellites and other ground-based observatories, and when a neutrino comes through this huge array in the ice in Antarctica, it sets off an alarm, and all these satellites and telescopes link together and trace the source, and they found what they call a blazar, which is like a quasar you may have heard of, but I guess much, much bigger. So way out there in space, there's a galaxy, Orion, that has a huge supermassive black hole that spits this stuff out like that. And it's just 
okay, well, we've solved the problem of where neutrinos come from, these fountains in space that spit them out, but what does that do for us? You know, we've solved a mystery, and we've spent a lot of money and mental effort to do it, and now we know where neutrinos come from, cosmic rays that travel through space untouched for millions of light years. Now, we would think that if we could figure that out, we could figure out how to get along in this world and even in our own country without needing to destroy ourselves. All right, so what's up for tomorrow, today, early? I think that, well, okay. Here we have a situation where Trump is on this road trip, and he went to Brussels to meet with NATO, and if you recall the last time this happened, there were some hurt feelings and confusion Tonight, the reports are outright scary, and it turns out that in a final meeting with the principals, the uh, prime ministers and presidents that are assembled, and they had to call a broader meeting because Trump was going almost crazy talking about things that made no sense, and he almost threatened to pull out of NATO, this uh, pact that has stopped Soviet aggression and Russian aggression for almost 70 years, held the line, kept a unified Europe, and now, you know, this, this working coalition of nations with a self-preservation in interest is at risk because he's threatening about how much they pay. He's misrepresenting how all that works. Yeah, they could pay more, but we get so much from NATO. We get bases in Germany where we bring our wounded soldiers to as a first stop on the way home with excellent medical services. And it goes on and on and on. It's, it's much cheaper to keep the peace then have another world war in these economic powerhouse centers of the West. So it's just, you know, it's compounding layers of insanity. One premise is insane to do, think that that isn't helpful to the United States of America and our security interests. The next level is is even crazier when you insult our allies. So here now, after the NATO meeting in Brussels and all this craziness, and then afterwards, uh, he's up there giving a press conference, and he just said a bunch of things that, you know, it's wacky the way he talks. 
But he's talking about how they've agreed to pay more and he got a deal and all. And none of that's true. They didn't agree to any of that. They're just going to keep paying and trying to reach their target of 2% of GDP by 2024. So none of that was, was true. And then he did it again. Heard someone say he's playing his greatest hits. But he talks about, in that press conference, how he's a very stable genius. And to me, if someone were to say that, you just don't tend to agree with them because it's a nutty thing to say. Nonetheless, he did. So he goes on to England the mayor of London won't even let him in. He doesn't want to go because he's offended. Offended, And they give him a dinner at this uh, big castle where Winston Churchill was born. Uh, give him all the pomp and circumstance of, of visits. It's not an official state visit, but it's something down from that. So he shows up there for dinner with Theresa May, the prime minister of England, in Winston Churchill's birth home. And he had already given a an interview with a British paper called The Sun. It's, it's a Rupert Murdoch paper, and it's kind of like our National Enquirer or tabloid. And I don't know particularly, you know, how familiar people are with papers like that, but... They're, they're a lot of fun and they have crazy stories and it's not what you would consider Main Street media, but this is a real interview. And in that interview, right before having dinner with the Prime Minister of England and all time perfectly to come out almost to the minute as he arrived for dinner with the Prime Minister, where he says that her opponent, a minister who uh, messed up the Brexit breakup, you know, all this stuff is tied to trade and not only trade with the United States, but trade within the European Union that England is now breaking away from. If you'll remember, we had a couple other votes like that. Scotland decided no will stay part of the United Kingdom. And then Brexit comes up where the whole United Kingdom is going to break away from the European Union. And just as a side note, it was funny because one of the other goofy things Trump said was that it was about England. He says, you don't hear about England much anymore. You don't hear hear the word said. He misses that because he likes the word England. And it seems like he doesn't realize that the United Kingdom of Great Britain, you know, England, they don't, well, you get what I mean. They don't call it England that much anymore. They're English. But that's the kind of thing that will upset people who want to think that the empire, the United Kingdoms are more than just England because 
Scotland and Ireland and all these places are part of this. And it's just, it's divisive. It's, it's silly. But some of the other things that he said in these interviews, he said that since he's been president, GDP in the United States has doubled and tripled. And he said that. And it's just absolutely insane. He does not have any comprehension of what gross domestic product even is. So to say something like that just just makes you look like a total incompetent fool. Now, on top of this, and again, they, they're all favorites in a way, but I'm a big Abraham Lincoln fan, land of Lincoln, Illinois. That's where I come from. But he said that he has better poll numbers than any president, including Abraham Lincoln. So I'm not sure that people have the heart to tell him, but they didn't do polling in Lincoln's time. But he got it in his head that GDP has doubled and tripled since he's been president. He's got better poll numbers than Lincoln. And he misses England and Theresa May's opponent in the next election and screwing up the trouble that this whole Brexit thing has caused her government. You know, I don't pretend to be an expert on English uh, traditions and parliament and their system is, is a little different than ours. But you have to have a coalition government. So they have no confidence votes and all these things where people dissolve their alliances. And this poor woman, the Prime Minister of England, our closest ally in the world, is in the middle of a bit of a jam because she inherited this Brexit thing and no one knew any, had a clue about how it would actually work. So now they're going to bust it all up. Everything will be screwed up, trade agreements and even though there was a vote, there's still all this opposition. So it, it, it's really a big mess. But he came to dinner as this article is being published, which said that this other guy would make a fine prime minister. And he's going to try and run against her and upset the apple cart. And he's really a buffoon himself. And it's like, you know, uh, a foreign leader coming to America to be our guest and them saying that Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders would make an excellent president. <laughs> Can you imagine the look on Donald Trump's face if they were on record as just having said that? It's, it's amazing that... He has no comprehension of the repercussions his behavior creates. It's really hard to believe. So tomorrow and the next two days will be big. And I would like to 
clarify, it was Bonnie Watts and Coleman who made the Willie Gomer need, do you need your meds comment. It's Jim Jordan, congressman, who's the wrestling coach who didn't report the abuse. And the joint committee is the House Judiciary and Oversight Committee and the Government Reform Committee. So these were merged today into this pool of people asking questions. And today, later, there will be a second lunch with Trump and Theresa May. And by that time, the full impact of his interview and all the other things he said will have sunk in a little more. And you just would really like to see somebody stand up to this guy. Our allies, we need our allies. And you can't treat allies as enemies and real adversaries as friends. Trump has said that Putin is a competitor, not an enemy. And I guess we are competitors with Russia. There's also cooperation. They help us in the space station, or maybe we let them go along. I'm not sure how to categorize it because I'm sure we pay for the majority of that. We pay them a lot of money to haul our astronauts up there. So there are always these intertanglements that have to be considered. But one thing that's very troubling is that Trump will go in now in a couple of days and meet with Vladimir Putin in Helsinki. And he wants to talk to him alone. No record, no knowledge uh, by anyone, our Secretary of State or our Defense Secretary or anybody about what is actually said. And he's already called James Comey a nut job in the Oval Office to the Russian ambassador. And uh, remember the Russian that was there. And God only knows what else he said because there were no American sources. We needed the Russians to give us a picture of the event or a readout. They, they just don't. This White House doesn't understand that the American people have a right to know what their president is doing, especially if he's selling out NATO and giving concessions to Russia just on the fly like he did after the Kim Jong-un meeting. He stopped the military exercises, and now we know that they're really thumbing their nose at us, and they wouldn't even meet with the Secretary of State, the Koreans. When he came there, they stood him up and they called us gangsters and they have no no real intention of disarming. So all the promises and the talk about friendship and we've solved this problem and it's all over, that's just utter nonsense. So my ace in the hole is the queen. We're big Queen of England fans here in my house. And... Trump has to meet her, and there's protocols, and it's just respect. But he's the most disrespectful person I'm sure she's ever going to come across. 
we'll see what happens. There's a lot for next week. But what I'm really hoping is the Queen will just Kim Jong-un him and refuse to see him or at least tell this guy to just bugger off. (laughs) 